Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now, let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. If you have your Bible, open up to Matthew chapter 8. That's where we're going to be. And you're going to have to listen fast because in this series called Freestyle, I'm intentionally leaving time at the end to, to engage in worship. Like as God speaks to us through his word, which we believe he does, we believe that his word is living and active and that it is, is, makes changes in our lives. And so we believe that. And so we're going to give time at the end today to worship again and allow God to speak to our heart. And I'm hoping that this text will set the pace for our teaching today, that we'll discover a truth in it that will help to, to transform us, to begin to revive some things. And if you have it there in Matthew 8, verse 5, it'll be up on the screen as well. It says this, when Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him. Don't miss this. He says, Lord, the fact that he would call him Lord is huge. The, the Bible says that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be, be saved. And so we're already learning. There's something different about this guy, this centurion, this Roman soldier. He says, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. He, he had come to a place in his life where he viewed his servant more like a son than a servant, which also was rare. So again, we're kind of seeing something about, about this man who is different in these times. Servants were viewed as tools. Servants were viewed as, as less than, you know, just something uh, of a tool to be used. No rights, no privileges. And so it says the Bible tells us he brought his problem to Jesus, which here's a quick pro tip for everyone in the room. That's a great place to bring your problems. Just take him to Jesus. As we start this new season, as we start this new school year, if we would just learn that, like just bring our problems to Jesus. It says, cast our cares at the feet of Jesus. That's what he did. He brought his problem to Jesus and Jesus told him, I will come and heal him. I'll come heal him. Like if you knew nothing else about Jesus, the character of Jesus, I don't want you to miss this. This gives us a glimpse of his heart to heal. His heart to help. Ultimately, that's what Jesus wants to do. He says, if you, if you bring something to him, he wants to respond. Jesus, my servant is sick. Okay, I'll come and heal him. So contrary to maybe how you view God or you know, who God is or what God has done for you, he loves you. And he wants to help you. He wants to respond to your needs. Jesus said, I came to, to give life and life to the full. Now I want you to have a full life. I'll come and heal him, he says. But the officer objects. He says, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are. Isn't that amazing? Now, I kind of alluded to this last week. He said, just, just say the word. What kind of faith does it take for, for this guy, this Roman centurion to say, just say the word and my servant will be healed. And the, so the question is, well, how do you know that's going to work? Verse 9 I know this because I'm under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say to my servants, go and they go, come and they come. If I say this to my servants, do this, they do it. If I say drop and give me 20, they drop and give me 20. All right. That's what he's saying. I, I'm a person of authority. And so I understand that when Jesus heard this, he was what? He was amazed, amazed. So turning to those who were following him, which by the way, were, were Israelites, right? And his disciples, 
You know, there were a lot of people around, probably, you know, teachers of the law, Pharisees, everybody there. He said, I tell you the truth, I have not seen a faith like this in all of Israel. Faith like this, from this Gentile. Somebody say, like this. Like this, in the, the original Greek, means like mega. This kind of mega faith. This kind of biggie-sized faith in all of Israel. Like this biggie-sized, this upsize, like, like, like bad for you when it's a, a five for five at Wendy's, but good for you when it's your faith. He says, I haven't seen any faith like this in all of Israel. So it's implied then here that he's been searching for it. And I think God's searching for that kind of faith today. In fact, the Bible tells us that's true. It says God's eyes are constantly going to and fro throughout the earth looking for someone, right, who is upright towards him that he can show himself strong to. And so God is looking for that kind of faith. And here in Capernaum, Jesus finds it in one of the most unlikely places, a Roman soldier who was a Gentile. And he says, here it is. I haven't seen this anywhere, this great faith. Verse 11, and I tell you this, that many Gentiles, like this man, will come from all over the world, from east and west, and sit down with the fathers of the nation of Israel, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the, and feast the, the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites even, those who know better, who should know this, the people that he's talking to, those whom, uh, for those whom the kingdom was prepared, right, will be thrown into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus has a knack for making friends. This is who he's talking to right here. And then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back home because you have believed it's happened. And what kind of belief is that? What kind of faith is that? Because you believed it's happened and the young servant was healed that same Hour. We see a few principles in the story that we desperately need to understand. The first one is this, write it down, that faith, or our belief, or our faith is the password that unlocks God's power in our life. That's what it does. This, this amazing story begins with this man's faith. Why it happened in the first place was because of his mega-sized, his biggie-sized Faith. You could say that this man received a miracle because it made Jesus marvel, because he was blown away by the amount of faith that this man had. Therefore, faith is the key to unlock God's ability, to unlock God's power in your life. It's the, it's the password. How many of you are over the whole password thing online? Anybody? Come on, let's be honest today. I'm so over it. I hate it. I can't stand it. You have to have a password for this and for that, and they can't be the same. And then you get notified in your email or your password has been, you know, whatever, subject to, you know, corruption or whatever. So you got to go on and change your password. Or some of you have to do that at your office every six months to every year. It's annoying. And then you go to change your password and it gives you a recommended one. Does anybody use the recommended passwords online? No. Why? Because it's A Z T B Q capital S kind of like it's like 75 characters. There's no way you can remember that. And there's all these restrictions to passwords, all these parameters. You have to use, you know, five uppercase and lowercase and and you know emojis and hieroglyphics. And you gotta put all this stuff in there. Like it's maddening, is it not? Like I hate it. I'm so over the whole password thing online. But faith is the password that unlocks God's power and potential in our life. And we see this from Genesis to Revelation. If you want to understand who God is and how he views our, our faith, Habakkuk tells us that the just shall live by faith. 
It's how we live. The Bible says we live by faith and not by, by sight that our faith pleases God. Like it's faith, by the way, that triggers salvation. That's how you get in on the deal to be called a, a child of God, to, to receive salvation from Jesus. It's, it's through faith. Ephesians uh, 2, 8, 9. How were you saved? Nothing you did. It was grace. It was this free gift of grace. How did you receive that grace? Through faith. It's faith. Not that, you know, it wasn't by any of our works, so we can't brag about or take, you know, you know, credit for it. It was what God did. It was a, a gift. It was a free gift because God is not impressed with how good you are. You should know that. In fact, you can be too good to get into heaven, but you can never be too bad to get into heaven. So you receive that free gift of grace through, through faith that triggers salvation. Later on in the same book in Matthew 17, verse 20, Jesus said this, and this is ridiculous right here. If you have, what, faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Can I tell you something? That is one of the most absurd things, right? Especially in this day, during this period where they did not have earth moving capabilities. I mean, today we can level mountains. We can, you know, explode our way through mountains to build roads through mountains. But if you want to come up with the most ridiculous scenario on faith, you would say, you would say mountains can be moved by your mouth. And so this is crazy. He said, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there and it would move. Nothing will be impossible for you with just a tiny little bit of faith. Mustard seed faith. Have any of you ever seen a mustard seed before? I have one right here. I'll show it to you. Can you see that? In the back, you guys can see that right there? Online, you guys can see that? I actually do have one in there. I mean, it is, it's tiny. And what's interesting about the mustard seed is that it's one of the smallest seeds at only one to two millimeters in length, but it becomes one of the largest garden plants. Like it can grow seven to eight, eight feet high. It's amazing that something uh, so large can come from something so small. And that's what Jesus says is, is like our faith, that big things start small. Big things have humble origins in our life. And so it is, is with, with our, our, our faith, like the small faith deposited in the human heart, it sets up the, 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 the table for God to do amazing things in and through our life. It's our faith. It's even the small, the seed doesn't look like much. In fact, it's hard to see how it can become what it can become, but that's kind of how a seed works. A seed never looks like what it will ultimately produce in your life. You don't even always know it's a seed, by the way. Can I tell you something? This last year and a half, it's a seed. And it doesn't look like a thing what it could produce in your life. It could produce perseverance. It could produce resilience. It could produce kindness. It could eliminate some things. It could eliminate some, some patterns that you've had in your life before. I mean, it doesn't look like what it will produce. And that's how God does it. It's a, a seed. Can I tell you five loaves and two fish? Didn't look like a meal for 5,000, did it? It was a seed, right? A, 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 a boy born to a virgin who was accused of being unfaithful to her, her fiance does not look like salvation for the world to any who would call on his name. It was a seed. And that's what it does. A seed, uh, Colby, what does this have to do with us? Everything. Everything in the season that we're up against, because here's the other principle, write this down. We have to learn to see 
beyond the seed. A lot of us will get fooled by the size of this seed. We'll start to despise the size of the seed. And that's such a small thing that's happening. That's just such a small thing that I am depositing. Well, Zechariah 4.10 tells us, do not despise these small beginnings. In fact, it says that God just loves to see the work begin. God just loves to see you begin to have a little bit, a mustard seed size of faith in your life. Because we could be tempted to look at this and go, that's a stupid seed. That's an ugly seed. And that's not ever going to amount to anything. It's not, it doesn't seem significant at all. We're tempted to look at it and hate on the seed, but we need to learn to see beyond the seed to the harvest that the seed can produce to the harvest that can come from the seed, to the potential in the seed. If you plant it, if you water it, if you're obedient to God, if you follow his word, but come on, let's be honest. It's, where did my seed go? It's gone. It's so little, it's easy to hate on the seeds. Colby, what do you mean? Here's, here's what I mean. Maybe for some of you, God's calling you to get out of debt in this season. Like everybody's been strapped, inflation is is on its way or here in many cases, and you've just been, been spending more than what you're bringing in, and you're like, enough is enough. You're not able to do what God's put on your heart to do and to give the way God wants you to give and, and to be a part of things that he wants you to be a part of because your money is controlling you instead of the other way around. And so you're like, all right, this is it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on a budget, I'm gonna get on a plan. And Dave Ramsey right, would tell you the first thing you gotta do is to start an emergency fund of a thousand dollars. And you're like, man, a thousand dollars might as well be a million dollars. Well, you had it when Biden gave you his Biden bucks before, but you didn't deposit it like you should have. Just saying you bought the boat instead. I know I'm right there with you. You had it. And it's like, all right, what am I going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to do it this time. So I'm going to put $5 into a savings account. Right? That's going to be my seed. It's a $5 seed. I'm going to start my emergency fund. And then you start eating, you know, ramen noodles and cup of noodles and going to your friend's house and, you know, scamming off of them. And then it's your, the tendency is for us to look in our savings account and go, man, this is going to take forever. Like I'm never going to get there with, with $5. It's easy for us to hate on the seed. It's easy for us to despise the small beginnings. Are you with me? Maybe you want to get in shape other than round. And you're like, all right, now's my time. And so you wake up, go to planet fitness, you know, the, the home of the judgment free zone. And you're like, all right, this is it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to run a mile, one mile seed. I'm going to get started. You get on the treadmill and you're like, this is the worst thing ever. (laughs) Hate it. We begin to despise the seed. And it could be something like you're looking to lead your family differently in this season. You're like, this is it. And I'm going to rise up. I'm going to be the leader you know, that God's called me to be. I'm going to lead them just because this is how we've always operated as a family doesn't mean that this is how we have to continue to operate and function, that we're going to learn to live better and love better. We're going to prioritize God in our life. And, and so you plant a seed. You're like, we're going to go to church every single week. We're just going to get engaged. We're going to go to groups. We're going to get in on serve teams. We're going to get our students connected to youth. You know, we're just, it's a seed. And so what happens is Sunday you get up, all right, kids, let's go. It's time to go to church. Everybody get in the car. And immediately you start getting the pushback, right? I don't want to go today. It's too early. I don't want to get up. How many of you today? That was your morning. Okay, let's be honest. It's church. You're like, I don't want to go. 
or to, I got a tournament or I have, you know, NFL is coming back on. You know, I, I don't want to go. And it's easy for us to go, you know what, enough. I just, it's not even worth arguing about. Like enough. It's easy for us to despise the seed. It's not worth the fight. It's not worth the stress. And I would argue and say that there is nothing more worthy of your time than the things of God in your life. That's personal opinion. But it's so easy for us to look at the seed and start to hate on the seed because of the size of it. We got to see beyond it to the harvest that it can produce. I know it's not easy to get up and come, but look at what could be produced after a year of connecting and engaging and getting in a group. We got to see beyond the seed. Are you with me? Keep pushing, keep striving, keep dreaming again. Even when people criticize you for the small seed that you've planted and they, they push back. Well, in faith, you push through, see beyond the seed. Faith is a password that unlocks God's power and potential in your life. And that potential often comes in the form of a seed. And I don't want you to forget this either. You're a seed too. You're a seed. Like you were created and made in the image of God. And so, you know what? You don't have to look the way you looked last year. You don't have to, just because people tell you you'll never change, things will never be different in your life. No, 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 you're a seed. You can change, you can grow, you can thrive, you can make changes in your life as well. So if you wake up and like, you don't like what you see in the mirror, that's okay, you're a seed. You can change, are you with me? Like you're able to grow. So how do we get there? How do we have this kind of great faith? This, this radical belief in the promises of God, this faith that will We'll move mountains in our life because I know some of you are facing some. We start by doing this. Write this down. The next principle, we make a predetermined faith decision. Predetermined. That's what this soldier did. He came to this place where, where he just believed with God nothing is impossible. This Roman centurion soldier had ridiculous faith. Like long before he told Jesus, like, don't come to my house. Long before he said, you can just speak a word right from where you are. Not to mention the fact that he was faith filled enough to even ask Jesus, a Jewish rabbi, for a miracle. That's amazing. Because here's a Gentile from a Roman army. And to the Jews during this period, you were either a Jew or not a Jew. You were either a Jew or a pagan, a Jew or a, a sinner. That's how they viewed you. They believed, and this is not in God's word, uh, this is not right, but they believed that, that God used the, the Gentiles were actually kindling for the fires of hell. Now that's how they thought about everybody else. And we know that that's not true from God's word, that, that they, like us, were meant to be a blessed people to, in order to bless the world that God told Abraham, through you, I'm gonna bless the entire world not just a segment of the world that this is for everyone, but they mistook that blessing as an end unto themselves. And they thought it was just for them. So they, they despised people that didn't look like them, not to mention he was a Roman soldier. And they were the reason that, that they were being taxed, taxed in that, that, that region, you know, on orders of Caesar. That's the reason they were being suppressed. So they didn't like him anyway. All that to say that this man would even approach a Jewish rabbi, the, the Messiah for a miracle, is telling of the kind of faith that he had in his heart. Not just a little faith, but faith to the degree when Jesus said, all right, I'll come and heal him. He said, no, no, no. Like, you just speak a word. 
when Jesus told him, I'll come and heal him, you know, you know, text me the directions or drop a pen and Google Maps, whatever. Let me know where you live. I'll come heal him. He said, no. In fact, he understood enough about the culture to say, if, I, if you come to my house, you'll be ceremonially unclean. You won't be able to participate in the Jewish festivals at all. So no, if you'll just speak a word from there, look at it again in verse eight, my servant would be healed. This is unbelievable because although Jesus had healed people, this is a first. This healing from a distance is a, is a first. This guy came up with that. It's radical. See, we don't always know how God's going to move. We can just ask big, big things of God. He just came up with us. Just speak a word from there. He said, I understand authority because I'm a, you know, commander of armies, but you, Jesus, you command the heavens and the earth. If you just speak a word, be healed, never step foot in my house. You just say the word, he'll be healed. Again, look at verse 10, Jesus' reaction. He was amazed. The word in the Greek is astonished that his jaw dropped in that moment. And Jesus is like, oh my me. <laughs> OMM, right? And he looks at his disciples and says, guys, did you hear that? And are you looking at who has approached me? This, this Gentile, this Roman soldier, did you hear what he just said? This is what I'm talking about. This is what I've been looking for, this kind of faith. And I keep coming up short in Israel where people should have faith, where people understand the promise of God that the Messiah would come and be born out of the, the bloodline of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. They've been given the promise and still no one believes. And here's this Gentile, this person who shouldn't have any faith, who has such great faith. This is unbelievable. He says, I've never seen anything like this. D.L. Moody is quoted saying, history is waiting to see what God could do with someone who would yield themselves to him fully. And it's as though on this day, God found it in this Roman centurion. He said, man, I finally found what I've been looking for. This great faith. I want to contrast this with, with another time that Jesus was healing a man's actual son, not his, his servant's son, but his son's son. He was sick. He sent word to Jesus, my, my son is sick. Jesus said, bring him to me. Look at it in Mark 9, verse 20. It says, so they brought the boy, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion. And he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire. Or tries to throw him into the water, trying to kill him. He said, have mercy on us and help us. Then what does he say? Look at it. If you can, if you can, here's this, this Israelite asking Jesus if he can, here's this centurion saying, just speak a word from there and I know he'll be healed. I think how many times that we've, we've prayed to God or we've seen young people or friends or family members even who are in destructive cycles in their life, who are in these patterns in their life, they're just stuck. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it is a, a tendency that's hurting them or destroying them. It could be friends that are taking them off a deep end. We've all seen that before. We do anything to help them. And I, I don't know what it is, but there are times we come to Jesus and cry out to him, maybe because of our lack of faith. And we're like, God, I need you to do something if you can. 
God, would you do something for my family member? Would you do something for my, my friend? If you, if you can, look at Jesus' response in verse 23. What do you mean, if I can, anything is possible if what? A person believes. Because where God finds great faith, we see great miracles. It's faith that unlocks the power of God in our, our life. That's why we should be at a place where the centurion was. And even though it's, it's never happened this way before, doesn't mean it can't happen and doesn't mean it won't happen. Just because you've been praying and seeking God for something for month after month or year after year, doesn't mean it can't happen and doesn't mean it won't happen. And perhaps maybe the reason it hasn't happened before is because he's saving it for you. If you would just trust him, believe in him, look to him. He's after all the one who created the heavens and the earth, raised his son from the dead. Like we just have to have faith. And as unlikely as it, it seems, we can build our faith up to the point where we can have, have, have faith that warrants a response that makes Jesus amazed. Where he's like, I haven't seen this before. I haven't seen this. It's finally what I'm, I'm looking for. And the outcome of all this, of course, was that the man's request was granted. Jesus spoke the word from there, from the distance, and had this distance healing happen. It says that same hour his servant was healed. And there's something we need to learn from the gutsy nerve of this centurion. I'm going to have the band come out and help me close this. Because, again, I want to leave time at the end for us to respond in worship but the centurion has such radical faith that when it comes to taking hold of the promises of God, here's the last principle I want you to write down. The most dangerous thing you can do is to play it safe. The most dangerous thing we can do is to not ask. The most dangerous thing that we can, can do with this life that Jesus died to give us is for us to not risk anything, just to play it, play it safe. Look at Jesus' response to the man. He said again in verse 13, because you believe it has happened. And here's what I imagine is happening in this moment. Jesus hears this man's request. He says, just speak a word from there. My servant will be healed. And I imagine Jesus going in this moment. It's about time. It's about time. I found this kind of faith that would amaze me, this kind of faith that would unlock the power and the potential to be used in this man's life. It's, it's almost as if Jesus was telling this guy, I think what he wants to tell each one of us is that, you know what? I was really hoping that you would say that. I was really hoping that you would have that kind of radical faith just to step up and say, speak a word from there and it'll be healed. We're entering into a, a week of prayer where we're just going to seek God for things. And, and my heart is that it wouldn't just be another kumbaya moment. You know, you get in a circle, you hold hands and you, you start to pray and, you know, and then you, you kind of go to the next person. You go around clockwise or whatever. And, you know, you, you, you're to tell them that you're, you're done when you squeeze their hand and and if you want to pass, you just squeeze the next person's hand. I don't, I don't have anything to say. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? You're blessed because you don't know. You're blessed. <laughs> I'm hoping that Jesus would respond to our prayers in this season. 
the way he responded to the centurion by saying, man, I was hoping you would say that. I was really hoping that you would ask that. Sometimes people will bring, you know, cancer, sickness. We have a, a, a great friend who's in the hospital now and I see you. Many of you have people right now. And we're like, God, if, if you know, have your will be done, it's almost like, would you just pray big? We just pray in a way that, that warrants a response from Jesus that says, man, I'm so glad you said that. I've been waiting for you to say that. I've been waiting for you to lift that up. I've been waiting for you to ask me that. I've been waiting for you to, in faith, rise up and ask for that son or daughter to return. I've been waiting for you to ask for that cancer to be gone, that, that sickness to be gone, that COVID pandemic to be gone. In Jesus' name, I've been waiting for you to go big. There were two times in the Bible Jesus was amazed by faith. This is one. He's amazed by the amount of faith this man had, but the other time was when he was amazed by the lack of faith that people had in his own hometown. By the way, it's a story where it says Jesus couldn't perform many miracles because the lack of faith that people had. I don't want that to be us. Charles Spurgeon says, if you believe Christ for a little, he'll bless you a little. But if you believe him to the hilt, which means for a lot, he'll bless you to the full. That your faith shall never outrun the manifestations of divine love. That's, I love that. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be blessed a little. I want to be blessed a lot. I want our church to, to be blessed a lot. I want this to be a season where we expand our faith and grow our faith to challenge God, to pray big, to pray bold, that just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it won't happen yet. Because that family member you've been praying for time and time again for God to heal their mind, to heal their anxiety, maybe it hasn't happened yet, doesn't mean it won't happen. In fact, we should have those kind of prayers that makes God respond. I was hoping you would say that. Here's the real problem, I think, in having small prayers is that a lot of times you get what you ask for. Can we stand up to our feet right now? We're going to get ready to go into a time of worship. And let's just put our full attention on God and what he is able to do in our life. The Bible says he's able to do more than you can ask or imagine. More than. He is a more than God. He's a more than God. He wants to do more in and through your life than you can imagine. However, he's not able to do more than what you are believing for. So if you believe that he's a more than God, he will do more than. So let's turn our attention to him right now. God, we just pray in this moment that we would recognize your power, your strength. Maybe for some, just the love that you have for us, that you are willing to give it all for us. Today, we would recognize your kingship, your lordship in our lives, that you have all ability. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast, and we hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com yes. 
there'll be some practical resources that will help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate Church to help people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, go to elevatechurch.com give. We'll see you soon. Have a great week.